Hello everyone and welcome to CRAMSURGE, clinical research appraisal and methodology for surgical trainees, where we pick a paper fresh from the press on a hot general surgical topic. We review it for you, we present it for you, we critique its methodology for you and provide top-of-the-field expert opinions and teaching on research appraisal and methodology. My name is Gio Perrin and together with Professor Sababella Subramanian, Adam Haig, Ben Wood and Josh Lau, we bring you Crown Surge from the wonderful region of the Yorkshire and the Humber. Welcome again. Uh, today we have a special session with our guest speaker, Professor Danny Rosin from uh, Tel Aviv. We'll start as usual uh, with discussing a paper. Uh, this will be laparoscopic versus open liver resection for hepatocellular carcinoma, a case control study with propensity score matching, which was published in the World General Surgery uh, very recently. As mentioned, uh, after that, uh, Prof. Rosen will talk about the editorial process uh, for surgeons, particularly uh, as it applies to the World General Surgery, as he is an associate editor uh, there. I'll leave you to it then. Firstly, I'm usually grateful um, for Prof. Rosen to agree to come and talk to us. Uh, we're just a small group. He's a very busy man, so I'm, I'm um, extremely delighted and uh, honoured to have him here. So um, Professor Rosen is an associate editor of the World Journal of Surgery, as, as you have heard. He is head of ambulatory surgery and deputy head of surgery and transplantation in Tel Aviv, where he's an associate professor. And then he uh, is trained in Israel and the US. Now, I've never met him in flesh, although I see him now. Um, but I have known him from his writings on a group called Surgeonet for many years now. And I know that he's a very talented surgeon from the videos that he has posted. And from his writings, uh, everyone on Surgeonet would, uh, would agree uh, that he's a very wise and thoughtful man. And at the same time, he has an amazing sense of humor. So, uh, um, so that's the short introduction. And again, thanks, Danny. I know it's well beyond 10 o'clock for you. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. And it's really flattering. And just share my screen. Let me see if it works. Okay, so uh, we'll be talking a little bit about what happens in the journal that I work for, but uh, I think it's quite common in most of the journal, most of the leading journals, the way the, uh, the things go behind the scenes and how I think it's important for those who write papers or intend to write papers uh, to know what's the process actually and sometimes they ask themselves why does it take so long there are many many things that uh, go behind the scenes so first of all a few words about who is actually doing this uh, work of the peer review and uh, in the journal we have the reviewers, which are usually experts in the field, and the papers are sent to them according to their expertise. And there's an editorial board, and the editorial board uh, actually is uh, comprised of reviewers, but those that uh, do it for quite a long time and uh, dedicated and prove that they are worthwhile. And basically, to be an editorial board member it's an honor, but you tend to do the same, maybe more of the same, and review papers. And then we have the associate editors, 
which actually, on another level, they uh, review the, uh, the papers, but they don't really go into the details. They send out the, the, the papers for review to the reviewers, and eventually they get the reviews and send their recommendation uh, to the editor-in-chief, which is the actual uh, decider of what will be the fate of the journal, of the, of the manuscript. But we have to remember that we have the editorial manager, which actually uh, takes care of everything. So uh, she's the one that uh, do the hard work of uh, allocating the, the, the papers uh, and following up and uh, handling all the uh, computerized work that we have to do. Everything is now, of course, online. Um, so if we talk a little bit about uh, peer review and why is it important, and what, what is the process of peer review? Uh, it's, it's very important because this is actually a way to improve the quality of the papers because it goes to surgeons, in our case, you know, or doctors that are uh, proficient and uh, well experienced in this specific field of the published paper, of the intended to publish paper. And they know the literature, so they can suggest uh, more references. And sometimes, you know, surgeons try to, uh, it's very common to claim that this is the first uh, case of, uh, or first study or the only study in the world. And many times it's not really the truth and uh, the truth and uh, the reviewers can actually point and the authors that to other re re relevant references and acknowledge them. And they also can assess what's the importance of the findings. Sometimes findings are statistically significant, but they have no, no real clinical uh, effect or importance. So uh, this is one of the uh, important way to, uh, ways to um, judge a manuscript. And of course, we want to avoid plagiarism and fraud. And this is done, we'll talk about it in the end, but this is done now mainly uh, in some uh, computer programs that can actually scan huge number of, um, of, of papers and compare them and alert us to risk of plagiarism. And uh, this is also, it's not only for the, writers being a, a reviewers are actually pays in a way in your academic development first of all you get to to get exposed to many manuscripts sometimes it's really interesting to see what people are doing around the world and also there's some uh, honor in being a reviewer so the principles uh, uh, basically that without a peer review, there's no really control on what is being uh, uh, published and scientific communication is not really uh, well controlled in a way that uh, you cannot really trust the results. So peer review is a process that intends to, to, to put some kinds of control. We know that it's much easier to immediately publish in Facebook at the same time than at the same day, the same hour, or same minute, then waiting of sometimes a few months until your work is published. 
but of course the quality is much different. So we want to keep the um, uh, scientific quality of these papers as high as we can. Of course, there are many journals, many uh, low level journals that will accept everything. And some of them you get, you have to pay and by paying you actually uh, get to be published. But in the higher level uh, journals, this is um, quite controlled and really rely on good peer review process. <coughs> so how do we do the peer review? First of all, we get a first impression. Uh, we look at the, uh, at the paper and see whether it's original whether there's some important importance to the field that the manuscript deals with. And um, we look at the structure, we look at the language. Some of these manuscripts are being sent back just because they don't look well. The, the language is not really appropriate. And um, that's maybe a bias because uh, most of the journals that we deal with, we read, or English-based, and uh, there's some uh, advantage, of course, for English-speaking uh, uh, surgeons or, or writers. And but we get a lot of papers that come from other places when where English is not the first language, and sometimes they're being rejected or at least returned for review, uh, re revision because the language is not not enough to be published. Then we go on to look at the abstract, uh, whether it really summarizes the, 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 the message or the study or the work that was done. Uh, does it give us the key findings? Uh, does it conform to the length that is appropriate for a summary? We go on to the introduction and look whether it's clear enough, really introduce the topic and uh, why, actually the study was done, what was done before, what's the aim, what we try to achieve in the, in the current, uh, current paper or current study. Uh, and then the reviewer can suggest some changes and reorganization. Um, we expect the reviewer to be specific to actually help or assist the authors uh, in repairing or correcting um, the, the work and not really be uh, critical, but be with constructive uh, criticism. We go on to the method methodology. And first of all, we have to make sure that what was done can be really repeated uh, and with similar outcome, because we want to, to, to make sure that the methodology is really uh, effective one and, uh, and correct one. Um, we have to look whether the author's reference to previous published methodology, uh, because many times methodologies uh, repeat themselves and we just mentioned this was done in that way or this way, but it has to be well referenced. Um, if it's a new methodology, it has to be accurately described. And sometimes some supplementary material should be added, which is not, will not be included in the main article, but will be 
available sometimes online because sometimes it's too complicated or too long uh, to be included in the main article, but it has to be there somewhere, somewhere because some, if you want to do a real critical review, you have to uh, know these people. Uh, one of the uh, ways that we uh, judge or examine uh, articles, if we look, for example, at the uh, systematic reviews or meta-analysis, it's the PRISMA uh, methods. And we also saw that before when we describe uh, patients, we start with a large number. And if we uh, talk about systematic review, we start with a large number of articles. But many times, many are excluded for this or that reason. And uh, in some cases, the article looks appropriate, but you cannot really retrieve it. And uh, many times patients are excluded. So eventually, many times you see that you start with a very large number and the actual uh, manuscript describes very few, uh, if it's meta-analysis, very few articles. So if you start with 100 articles, but eventually describe only two or three, you didn't do much. So this will take away all this uh, advantage of meta-analysis. Uh, this is the same. And it's good to see that in, in this kind of diagram uh, that you can actually graphically see what you're dealing with. It's much easier to, to review a, a, an article when you have the studies in front, uh, the numbers in front of you. It's also true for, for large, assumably large uh, studies, when you start with large number of patients and eventually uh, you get very small numbers. So all the, the essence of the study is actually lost. It's quite common to see that we have um, removed 10,000 gallbladder since 1962. And eventually we end up with a group of five patients with unique anatomy. So it doesn't really matter how much you did. We, we wanted to see the, the actual number. The actual number is five, it's not 10,000. So all this study, as much as you uh, show off, it doesn't mean anything. So uh, these kind of graphs are really, really, really helpful. We really like to see them, that really give you an, a graphical view of what's, how did the, the work done, it was done. Then we go to the results and the discussion and we, uh, the reviewer should uh, suggest improvement because the main reason to do a peer review is not, not to attack the, the, uh, the author, but actually to help him to get, uh, to do a better job and get a better paper uh, done. And many times the, the, this revision, sometimes more than one revision, really brings out a better paper uh, to the journal. So it's, it's really an important task and you have to comment on the logic and the, the justification of your con conclusions. And uh, you have to comment on specifics like the figures, the tables. You have to really have to go into the details of the article in order to, to create a good uh, review. And then you have to uh, phrase it in a way that will really help the, uh, the, the author to improve the paper or in a way that will really describe why this paper uh, is not really uh, appropriate for publication in this specific, at least in this 
certificate journal. You may suggest further work, additional experiment, uh, going back to the raw data and reanalyze it. So there are many changes you can suggest in order to uh, to get the article to being uh, to, to get accepted. And with the some authors will just say, okay, this is too much for us. We'll just go to another journal which will accept it. And many times you can find another journal, but many authors really are keen to, to get their work published and do this uh, revision and go back to the data and reanalyze it, rephrase it, rewrite it, um, and actually come up with a better, uh, better article, better paper. Then we have the conclusion, which has to be a really short comment on why the study was done and what's, what's, what, what's the difference that it makes and uh, why is it important to, to publish it. First, it's, it's actually the, the essence of the article. It's not a real summary. The summary is actually in the abstract, not in the conclusion. But this is a, like few sentences that uh, give us the gist of the of the article itself, and what are the the results, what are the uh, implications, and why is it important to publish it, and what will maybe affect the the practice of other surgeons. Then again, we have to go into the details of the references and the tables and figures and check the accuracy and comment on them and uh, see that everything fits. Uh, because the tendency to, to browse through the references and just have a look at them many times, uh, it, may, it really makes a difference if you have good references. Sometimes uh, authors just collect a lot of references that are not really related to the, to the topic and just to get a nice list. So we have to uh, go over that as well. So what makes a, a good reviewer? Uh, the review should be comprehensive, really helpful. So of course we expect everything to be on time. There's limited time. We don't want to uh, the author to wait too much. Usually within a few weeks, two or three weeks, that's a, a allocated time for the reviewers. Um, we expect well-founded comments and as I said, constructive criticism, uh, be objective, and we expect the reviewer to give a clear recommendation to us uh, or to the, to, uh, the chief editor, uh, what, we, what should we actually do with this paper? So if you look at the process that the, the, this manuscript go through uh, from submission, so first uh, there's uh, some pre-check and, uh, and we uh, send it to for a, preview, a peer review. And then we can get a recommendation whether to accept it. It's really exceptional, really ac accepted immediately. But many times we send out the papers for revision. It can be minor revision for a few details or, or language editing or things that are not really uh, essential to the topic, but to the format of the, of the paper. And many times we actually ask for a major revision, uh, but 
these revisions, I can get tell you a secret, most of the revisions eventually end up with acceptance. Uh, if, if you get a, a, a you get the, the paper back asking you to revise it, you can actually be happy that most probably you revise it and everything will go well. Maybe you revise it once more, but eventually you'll get accepted. Uh, some of the rejections are immediate. Uh, we don't really even send her to peer review because it's obvious that this is below the level of the of the journal. But uh, most of the page, uh, not most of the papers will get a, a professional peer review. After the acceptance, of course, there's still a process of preparing the pay, uh, the paper for. Uh, publication, the proofreading, and all this uh, uh, preparation of uh, that leads to the public the publication itself. Uh, the revisions sometimes uh, we have to re-review -re uh, papers that were sent for revision, came back, and then. We send them uh, again to the same reviewers that already saw the paper and uh, reviewed it initially uh, to see whether the replies of the uh, authors or the corrections that were made are really appropriate and according to what they suggested. And uh, if everything is, is fits, then uh, we make a recommendation and send it to the author that we decide to, to publish it. One more uh, thing that I want to mention is the detection of plagiarism. I mentioned that before, this is done mainly electronically now. There are many uh, ways to do it. Every journal uses a different uh, format, but there are online uh, ways to actually compare uh, what was sent as a written text to multitude of other papers that are in the database. So eventually you get a, a percentage of how much similar this, this article is to other articles. And it's very easy You see, you get a nice report with percentages and colors and it's very easy to say, to the, to the author, okay, here you percentages above 30, 35% of uh, concordance with other articles or maybe your own articles in the past. So you have to either re reject it or revise it. It's unfortunately, it's quite common to, to see that. And uh, that's why we, we need these uh, modalities of uh, electronic detection. This goes almost automatically through the editorial manager it's not actually the work of the peer reviewer itself, himself, but actually the, done by, uh, by the editorial uh, manager. And this is, a, as I said, unfortunately, we see it more and more today, the pressure to create papers, to publish, uh, there's financial uh, implication, it's, a, it's a, an honor, you, you get promoted and People are doing things that we really don't like them to do. And uh, 
there are many ways to to detect them and catch it but eventually some of them are being published and eventually uh, retracted because they found it uh, only later but uh, this is actually being done for every paper before publication so this is the uh, workflow of page of manuscript that uh, get accepted and then we uh, going through go through the process of uh, che checking for citation for the references and uh, also there's some now there's an ombuds uh, person that they reviews to ensure that there's no uh, racial or cultural or uh, other biases that should not be published and we say, uh, check everything that uh, everything should should pass and then uh, sometimes we invite if it's really interesting a topic that needs some uh, other comments we send uh, we ask for invited commentary on articles that, that seems to be more leading the, the 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 topic or maybe have a, a way to to change really change the practice of surgeons then many times we uh, ask for a commentary uh, it's like an editorial about the same topic referring to the article itself and uh, the topic in general. So that's, in few words, that's the process that uh, the manuscripts, submitted manuscript go through. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to reply. Thank you very much, Danny. That's very interesting as, as a really good overview of the process. And um, I think some of our listeners might be a little bit shy or hesitant to ask questions, but I'll kick off. I'll ask a couple of questions. Um, uh, there's a question from Ahmed. Hello, Ahmed. Ahmed is uh, from the US. He asks, uh, what do you think about the overall quality of submitted manuscripts now versus, let's say, 20 years ago? Um... It's really difficult to, to, to say because the process is uh, much more complicated and the threshold for acceptance, at least in the leading journals, is much higher. Uh, but what we see around is that there are many, many journals that have lesser, the lower threshold. And then eventually what you get to, to see in print, the, the amount of uh, papers that are being published every year is huge. So you, you can see everything. Uh, there are many uh, very low level, low quality articles that get published and eventually get cited uh, also. So, uh, you know, once it's, it's published, you cannot, it's very rare to, to, for a paper to be retracted or erased for, for maybe to just being ignored, but uh, many low level uh, articles are being published all the time. So I cannot really, the, the spectrum is very wide, but we try to, at least in the leading journals, we try to make the process of the selection process, the pre-review process professional. And this is time, this is many times, uh, sometimes annoying for the authors because sometimes they have to wait quite, quite a bit until the, pap uh, the paper is published, sometimes many months. 
because of this process. Uh, to reject is usually quite quicker, but to, to accept takes more time and because of the revision, the revisions, and you have to be sent to the reviewers again and come back. So uh, there's a selection of the good articles to the good, to the leading journals. But even there, you, you see sometimes articles that somehow passed the, the obstacles and got published, you can say by chance. Sometimes it really, it really by chance because you send an article uh, to two, maybe three reviewers and you know, out of a list of hundreds. So there's a lot of, uh, it's not very objective. There are some criteria that we use. And as I said, as I showed, there are some ways to do a good peer review, but it's not always done. So uh, we see, I think eventually we see uh, more articles that are of less importance. Uh, people are stressing their, uh, using a lot of statistics, of course, it's, it's mandatory to, to use the statistics. And many times the result is statistical, but less clinical, with less clinical uh, importance. So um, good questions, which I don't have a very strict answer for that. But uh, we see a lot of the spectrum is very wide. Yeah, thank you. Um, just for our uh, junior doctor's information, um, tell me if I'm wrong, but all of the work that you do and the work that's done by members of the editorial board and the editor, this is work done in a honorary capacity, right? You're not uh, being paid. I know reviewers don't yeah. get paid. No, no, it's, it's uh, you can say honorary. Yeah. Honorary, yeah. So um, the next question for me is that there are some people who seem to think that um, the first publication in a specific journal, like say the World Journal of Surgery, the British Journal of Surgery, is a bit difficult. But then once you get a paper in, um, and, and therefore if you publish before, then um, the chances of acceptance becomes a little bit higher. Is there any truth in that? Um, I'm not sure, man. If you're really a leader in the field and you have a lot of papers and they know your name, and maybe it, it, yeah, it, it may affect, but it's not that like you did once and then everything will go very smoothly for you and uh, you don't have to work hard. Uh, that's yeah. not like that. Yeah. It's true that if you come, if you are leading in the field, you come from a central uh, leading place with a lot of experience, a lot of the numbers are bigger, so it's easier for you to, to publish. But um, of course, there's a bias here as well. But yeah. it's. Uh, I, I can say that it's true psychologically because once you get over your first paper and you get to know the the format, you have to know how how it works. Then you, there are some barriers, psychological barriers that may fall, and you can continue continue to do that. You see, it's not that it's not that difficult. It can be done. So yeah. in, in that aspect, yes. But in, regarding the acceptance, I'm not sure. Okay. Right, so Dario is asking, what's your opinion about open access journals and are the processes you presented respected in these open access journals? Uh, I don't like them. <laughs> like I said, I don't like it. I never uh, sent to open access. I mean, some, some of the uh, 
open access is part of the main journals that yeah. the, the article is very important. They, they open that as an open access, that, that's a completely different thing. But open access journal are paid journal, you have to pay for, for publication. And once you put the money in the process, the, the it's, it's not the same process. I mean, it's a, a, you get some kind of bias into positive bias into the process. And I think the interest to, to earn money is mm. may, may uh, I mean, they, they claim that they are peer reviewed, but I think it was differently. So I don't like to, I never sent to, to open access a journal and I also don't like to get reviews when ask me for review I just don't accept that and yeah. I don't like to cooperate with this but I know it's there it's a huge business and it will not disappear easily yeah many times if you if you think about if you want to see your name in print you can do that but if you want to keep yourself within the quality uh, journal, which also have academic uh, importance, but uh, because uh, eventually if you open, if you publish in, in uh, open access uh, journals, it will not have a lot of academic, uh, you don't get a lot of academic points for that. Usually the uh, grading is, is less. I mean, they, they can be very popular because they are free, but uh, but the academic quality is, is lower, so uh, mm -hmm. you don't gain, gain much from publishing there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just one other question from me, uh, and then uh, let's see if anyone else has a question. So is there a lot of pressure, um, or if there is, how much pressure is there to, uh, um, on the editorial board, on you, on the editor-in-chief, to try and increase the impact factor? And uh, would you then, prefer certain types of articles like systematic reviews and meta-analysis because they might be cited more often. Or, or... Uh, I think it's there, yeah, you're right. Uh, it happens and uh, we, we take that into consideration because you know that the, the quality of the journal, I mean, it's like feeding itself. So if you, if you get a, a high impact factor journal, you get more important articles being submitted to that journal. So uh, it's circular and eventually it's it's one of the aims of the of the journal to be to increase its impact factor. So, we, and indeed, the publishing uh, like uh, uh, consensus uh, statements or uh, good Guidelines. reviews, which will have large uh, wide readership. And usually, we we tend we love these uh, papers. Yeah, that's true. We, it still doesn't mean that we'll accept them without, uh, regardless of the quality, but uh, these are articles that really increase the impact factor. I think they have some, some kind of preference. Yeah, great. Thank you very much, Danny. I really appreciate this. Um, so I don't think there are any further questions. Uh, I would like to ask one. Uh, yes, go for very it. Very quickly, if that's okay. Um, now, uh, you mentioned that uh, as an associate editor, you receive quite a lot of papers and you do a, some sort of first screening yeah, uh, in terms of the relevance. Um, 
how collegial is the decision about what is relevant for your journal? So how, how often does that get kind of reviewed within you and your colleagues? And uh, how collegial is the decision about what's important and what's not important for your journal? Uh, the triage or the, the, the immediate rejection that we do is, if we see that it's really unrelated to the topics that the, the, the journal deals with, that, that's easy. We can say, tell the author, uh, okay, it's not really appropriate for this this uh, kind of journal, find something more specific. Or, but that, that uh, doesn't happen much. Most of the uh, immediate rejection or immediate selection is done due to really low quality that you really don't want to spend um, too much effort on the on your reviewers that they, I mean, central reviewers that and uh, it's actually reviewing is is a really tough process. I mean, sometimes you can do it quite quickly, but uh, you don't want to send very low quality articles to reviewers who prefer to to keep them for the real world. So uh, most of the immediate selection is done based on quality. Low, you see that's really low quality, very low numbers, uh, unrandomized, uh, or very poorly written articles. So we try to keep uh, the triage of these uh, articles to, to certain minimum, no? not to not to, to give the benefit of doubt of peer review to most of the articles. Lovely, great. Thank you. <coughs> right, so thank you very much, Danny, again. Uh, it's beyond 11 o'clock for you, so uh, appreciate your time. So uh, for the invitation, it was very, very nice. I really appreciate your uh, <laughs> your system and it was very nice. Also the presentation in the beginning, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Until next time, keep running your life with our surgical podcast. <laughs>